fresh and Welcome back to another episode of Fresh and Buds. I'm your host, Tommy Fresh, and you are, as always, all of my buds. And today, I am very happy to be joined by an excellent bud all the way from New Zealand. It is Mr. Alex Norville, the content creator manager over at LSS. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. I'm very, very good. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to be uh, glad to have you there. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see he's got a pretty awesome beanie on, uh, and <laughs> it looks good. Certified bud. Uh, now we got a great show for you uh, this week. We're gonna you know chat with Alex, get get to know him, you know, like give him the old fresh and buds treatment. Uh, talk a little bit, answer some listener questions, etc. Uh, but before we get to all that, I do want to give a shout out to the Patreon, which you can find in the show notes. Helps keep the mics hot and the lights on. Uh, you got some a bunch of bonus extra stuff on there, and uh, it's, it's a really good time, and it really helps the show. Obviously not required. Uh, another thing I want to shout out is the Buds Discord, which is an awesome community, which you can also find in the show notes. It's free to join, and it's a great time. We talk about flesh and blood. We talk about life. We have a good time over there. And it's also where you can submit listener questions like the ones you'll hear later in this show. And uh, we also um, are trying to build up the YouTube. You know, we were we started this show as primarily audio, and uh, we are trying to do more video stuff here. And uh, it is uh, we're trying to do that. So give it the old like, comment, subscribe. Anything helps. And um, speaking of the YouTube, every Wednesday, almost every Wednesday, depending on schedules, nine thirty Eastern live. Um, myself and Gary, aka Mr. Viz, the weird uh, Viscerai pillow guy, uh, do a live show called the Bud Rush Bellow and is a blast. Now, if you're listening to this show on Thursday, we had a blast last night, I'm sure. And uh, I also want to finally give a shout out to our producer, Greg, who is the best. Hi, Greg. What's up, Tommy? And welcome, Alex. Glad that you're able to join for the podcast this week. Tommy, I just wanted to touch base with you, man. Um, I heard that you weren't feeling particularly well this past weekend over Mother's Day. Uh, you were kind of just uh, laid up in bed. How, how are you feeling today? Very hard. And also, stay tuned for the end of the show. We're going to have a special message from Charmer, a.k.a. Derek Oswald. Uh, very, very happy to have him uh, you know, join the show now. Speaking of joining the show, let's get to Alex. How are you doing, my friend? You, you're you're back from Baltimore. You're, you're you, you've we talked about it before the show started. You're all readjusted. Yeah, how was your trip? It was good. It was good. Yeah, I um, it was a bit of a last minute. It was sort of last minute going to Baltimore. Um, I think it was like two weeks out. I got a uh, I got a message um from. Uh, our premier OP manager is like, Hey, like, do you want to go to Baltimore and <laughs> do some coverage? And I was like, well, I mean, sure. Why not? I, I'd love to. So yeah, got that all sorted, uh, jumped on a plane and went over, uh, for the week and it was good. Yeah. We we're talking about, um, like adjustment before and like New Zealand and it, the East coast is probably like one of the worst in terms of like time zone differences, because, like if you're like Europe and New Zealand are like on complete opposite sides of the world. So it's just so far apart that like when you do, if, if you do travel to either side, it's, um, you know, the time zone is so drastically different. You adjust pretty quickly, but Eastern time is just like, you know, I'd be going to bed like three, four in the morning in, in Baltimore, which was, you know, so I think we're, 
I think it's something like, um, I remember this because I, so I used to be an account manager talking to North American uh, stores and it was like 9 p.m. New Zealand time was always like 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern time. So I would have to math that out <laughs> as to when, <laughs> as, to, as to when it is, um, yeah, I'm going to bed, but basically I'm going to bed at like three, four in the morning, getting up at eight, uh, you know, before the show starts. Um and it was actually fine. I feel like when you're at those events, yeah, you just the adrenaline's going. Um, you can always see the light at the end of the tunnel that that Sunday, that Sunday night when it's all done and dusted. So it's really like, you know, it's a big show. There's a lot of a lot of things going on. A lot of we did a lot of coverage this time around as well. Um, and but yeah, it was it was good. I had a great time, and I got to catch up with everyone. And I didn't think I'd be back so quickly because uh, yeah, I was over in the states for Worlds. Um, got to catch up with a lot of people also, you know, went to those battle hardens. And I think that was when I first met you in person, uh, was in Columbus then. Um, and yeah, I was just like blown away by the community. It was my first time actually probably getting introduced. And, um, yeah, the fact that I got to come back and, and see everyone again was, was yeah, really, really, really cool. I had a great time. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, I didn't know that it was a last minute thing for you to come over, right? Two weeks. And the fact that that was a last minute thing and you, you were like, I, I, I gotta say you were working your ass off at, at the, <laughs> at the convention, right? You're, I mean, every time you saw Alex, he was running around with the camera and it was, it was, um, I was like, well, he's, he's working really hard. I would have thought that you were just supposed to be there the whole time and you did a great job. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, uh, people have mentioned just the auxiliary coverage that we got, right? Like the, the blog and, and, uh, the different, like the, the, the things that, you know, like the, what do they call it? The cosplay competition and just the coverage of all that stuff, um, seemed to have been a real hit along with the dust till dawn, uh, you know, teasers and stuff like that. So I got to yeah. give you kudos because you made it seem like, you know, this, that was like the whole plan the whole time. You just being there and, and working your ass off. So, uh, I gotta say it was, it was awesome. Now, <clears throat> uh, yes, we did meet in Columbus and it was a great time, but at that time you were not yet the content creator manager. Um, so I want to get, kind of get a little bit of a history of Alex here. So, you know, you, you've quickly become like a favorite, especially among the content creator community. But I want to start uh, kind of before that, before becoming an employee at LSS, um, when did, when and how did you hear about either Legend Story Studios or Flesh and Blood in general? All right. All right. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a funny story. Um, and it's probably not typical, uh, at least I, w I wouldn't expect. Um, so I had, basically finished university in 2021, 2020. No, I started with LSS in July of 2021. So I think I had finished in November of 2020 and then graduated like, you know, however many months afterwards, like early 2021. Um, and I was sort of like, so I knew nothing about flesh and blood. I, I don't come from trading card games. I wasn't much of a game, like my gaming, uh, my gaming uh, experience is like playing FIFA and like Call of Duty after after school when I was like, you know, 14, 15 sort of thing. Um, so I didn't come from it at all. I'd never even heard of it, which was really surprising because when I think about what Flesh and Blood and Legend Story Studios is now, I can't believe that I didn't know what it was given it's a New Zealand company. And, 
you know, New Zealand's pretty small. So we, have, we, we sort of punch above our weight for, uh, for, um, we've got like, you know, where to workshop, like Lord of the Rings, a lot of, like a lot of cool, um, even some like rocket, like companies that make rockets and stuff like that. We like, we do pretty well, but I still would have expected to have heard about, uh, flesh and blood. Um, even just from like a business perspective, you know, like it's a company like, like growing this game internationally. Um, but I hadn't heard of it and I had, um, graduated university and it was sort of during lockdown. So I was real, uh, I was getting all introspective and thinking about my future and, you know, doing like the, the classic sort of young, young dude thing, like trying to find his, like, like the direction that he wants to go in, which is like not the thing you want to be doing after four years of university. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but that's where I was at. And I was reading all these books on like existentialism and things. And I was just like, Oh man, like, I don't know if I want to do this corporate stuff. Cause I was studying economics, international business and French. And I was really like, wanted to gun down that uh that road of like going and working for something like Deloitte or you know one of those like consultancy firms like that was what I wanted to wanted to do um and then I was just like ah this doesn't seem like it's for me it seems all a little bit like uh just there was a weird there was a weird like weird weird taste I was getting so I didn't and so I didn't like really pursue them um as much as I probably would have um otherwise and I was working um, for my parents in a screen printing company. So I was just working for them while I was trying to figure out like, what, like what career do I actually want to do? Um, and then I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm re I was reading all these books. Um, I was like, oh, I want to be an author. I could be an author. Like how hard <laughs> could it be? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I know looking back at it, it's hilarious because it's really like, um, I was really this like just naive, like sort of almost arrogant, like when I when I really think about it. Um, but I was like, yeah, I can write a book, like you know, like it should be easy. So I quit my job with my parents, and I was like, all right, I've got this much money saved up. Um, I can like live for this long. I can pay rent for this long. I need to write a book and get it published by this date. I was like three months or something. Like, <laughs> and <laughs> so I just like got, got to work on that. Um, and I, I wrote this book, I finished it and I was like, this is great. Like, this is, this is amazing. I took my, uh, took my manuscript down to Penguin to the publishers and I like walked in there, didn't set up an appointment or anything, <laughs> like <laughs> walked in there, just slapped this thing down. And I was like, this is going to be a next, next bestseller. And, um, and they were like, yeah. And then they got back to me a little bit. And it was sort of like, you know, don't quit your day job, man. Um, <laughs> like, oh shit, too late. So, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, they were like, you know, you, you got it all right, style, but this isn't a book yet. And I'm like, you know, in hindsight, obviously, I mean, I spent three months on it. It was like basically my first draft. Um, so it makes a lot of sense. Um, but I was like, man, I should probably get a job because I still need to pay rent. Um and I went through a temp agency. I just, um, yeah, my girlfriend was like, yeah, just go through a temp agency. They're, you know, they're quite good at finding jobs. I was like, cool, I can just do something, you know, try to do this book thing on the side. Um, and then the agency was like, oh, you know, you studied international business and there's this New Zealand company that's looking to like grow their, their, uh, their European market. And, you know, you speak French um, and they're trying to grow the French market. So that's originally how I sort of got the interview uh, for the account manager position uh, at LSS. Um, and I came on in the European team to basically be an account manager 
like primarily like, well, for Europe, but, you know, talking to French stores. Because at the time, I think we only had like maybe two or three stores in France that that were carrying flesh and blood. Um, it was like since then it's blown up, you know, now we're, we're actually making French products. So like it's crazy. It's been what? Barely two years, not even two years, I don't think. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's wild how much it's grown. But um, yeah, at the time I was like, okay, that, that's how I came on. And then I just got thrown in the deep end of like what the, of the trading card game industry, like not only just like flesh and blood and LSS, uh, but the whole industry itself, because I didn't know anything about it. I'd never set foot in a game store before. So I, yeah, I went um, to my first game store after I'd uh, got given the job um, checked it out and everything like that, and I was like, okay, cool. This is this is what the, I would not have known that this existed had it have, like not been for this job. To be honest, because they're not. I mean, it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit different in the states, but in New Zealand, they're not exactly the most like. I mean, I suppose yeah, game stores aren't exactly like front and center on your main streets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't you don't typically see them. I mean, I think there's bigger ones in the states where they're more. You you do see them um, where they're a bit more like present, but the one that I went to was like in this place of like, it was sort of like a bunch of, a bunch of shops. It just wasn't something you would immediately walk towards. If you were just passing it on the street, you probably wouldn't notice it. So, um, yeah. And, and that's why the, for me, the, the trading card game industry, like coming from outside of it is so wild because it's so undercover. And I think I said, I think I've said this before. It's like this weird, like billion dollar industry that like no one, like it's grown a lot in popularity, especially with Pokemon and, and, uh, you know, all the sort of uh, coverage that the sort of like high-end cards and stuff get. But the industry itself is just so massive. And yet it, for a lot of people, they, they've they not heard of it. I mean, I, I still, I try to tell my my family what I do and <laughs> the company I work for. And it's like, you know, my, my grandma's <laughs> like, okay, are you still working for Pokemon? Like that's pretty much <laughs> their response. So um, yeah, that's how I got into the company originally, just from from nothing, uh, from from no experience. But yeah, quickly, quickly learned a lot, and yeah, what sort of have been growing since then. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, at this point, that you, I, I wouldn't even believe you, right? Like, if I didn't know already that you hadn't come from uh, the TCG space, like prior to LSS, I wouldn't even know. Like, I think you've you've really fit in and, and really done it well. And I got to say, I, I, when you're just talking about like the existential <laughs> after university, it brought me back to like my last like couple weeks of, of, of going to college. And I was just like, uh, do I even want to do this? Did I get the right degree? Yada, yada, yada. And, and, and I also feel the, the, uh, the desire to kind of not go super corporate. And I think, you know, LSS as, as, as large of a game it's become and 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 all that it's still at least from our outsized perspective like you know us the fans uh it still feels very indie and small uh in a way even even in the way that james white kind of uh you know interacts with with the game itself which is which is very cool now <clears throat> so you said that you were never a tcg gamer and that you had just played like FIFA, Call of Duty. Now, like that was just casually after school. Uh, nothing, nothing crazy. You know, not not any leaderboards or anything like that. 
No, nah, no. Nah, it was it was one of those things where um, it was like, you know, with, with your friends, you'd sort of like everyone would go home after school and then you'd meet up online and and like play, you know, what, whatever it was. But that was that was pretty much it. Like probably the two most like basic games in terms of like gaming that there is, you know. Um, so, yeah, that that was pretty much the extent. I mean, I played I played other things uh, like Assassin's Creed and, you know, the, I, I actually really I used to love Assassin's Creed. I thought that was so cool. Like the history behind it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that was primarily what it was. Nothing, nothing too crazy. I played, um, I play football or I guess soccer, um, and throughout high school, like from intermediate, which I think that's like middle school from like middle school to high school. I was very like, um, like quite, I was quite like sport focused. So I was always trying to, um, I think at one stage I was playing football like five times a week um, oh, wow. or like, you know, between practice and games um, and things like that. So it was just like, that was my, that was my main thing that I did after school, I think. Um, but then, yeah, the, the Call of Duty days were, were pretty fun as well. We've got like fond memories of <laughs> getting home and kicking back and getting some chocolate milk <laughs> and <laughs> doing you know, some trick shots and things. Yeah. <laughs> insulting your friends and then you got to see them yeah, the next yeah. day at school, you know. Um, yeah. Now, soccer, uh, you know, obviously is the largest sport in the world. Uh, how does it rank in New Zealand? Because, well, you know, a lot of what people think of New Zealand when they think of sport, I think a lot of people think of rugby. Right. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think of cricket a lot because the, you know, uh, the, you know, the all blacks and the black caps, I, you know, you hear about them all the time. Does soccer, is that third or is that, is that still the most popular in New Zealand as well? So I think, I mean, I I don't know if this is, I don't know how accurate this is, but I'm, I think from my understanding, like, Soccer is still the most played sport, but it's just not the most like represented internationally because obviously like New Zealand compared to the rest of the world and how much the rest of the world plays soccer is never going to be like properly competitive. Like I think we've played in one World Cup recently. Um, And but so rugby is definitely like the number one sport in terms of like you know what we're good at and it's a very cultural thing. Like everyone, I I still I played rugby in in school. not like for the, I didn't play it in like high school or anything like that, but I played it in middle school and, and things. Um, and it's still like a very, like, it, it is very cultural here to, to play rugby. It's it's like, yeah, your classic, uh, sort of like your man's game, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you, you, you yeah, it's, you sort of get taught to, to pass a rugby ball and kick a rugby ball like fairly early. Um, and cricket, I actually did play. I played cricket for uh, for years as well, actually, until I was about like fifteen, I think. Um, I played it like pretty, yeah. Um, I was I was very into my cricket. I was a bowler. Um, Spin so or or uh, pace. pace, well, sorry. pace, but like not the fastest. But <laughs> yeah. I was pretty good at those in swingers, man. Those Yorkers, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I could get, I could, I could get some wickets, but. Um, but yeah, I was sort of, I got to the point where I was like, man, like I'm spending my whole weekends doing this as yeah. well. And I was getting older. I wanted to do other stuff as well. <laughs> yeah. so, between football and cricket and everything, like there's a bit of a commitment. Um, but yeah, so I'd say like in terms of what we're good at, it's for sure rugby and cricket are, are sort of the most well-known just because that's what we do better on the international stage. But I, st- I still think football is actually the most played game uh, in New Zealand. Yeah. Now, you know, in terms of rugby, the is it the the haka that the uh, All Blacks do before every match, right? Yes, yeah. it's, it's a uh, you know a, a native kind of 
dance or chant or war chant. Uh, it's very intimidating. It's very, it's pretty intense. Every, anytime I'm on, on like TikTok or whatever, every once in a while, it'll just show up and I'm like, oh, I got to watch it. It's pretty cool. Now, you know, we have worlds in flesh and blood. Now, New Zealand obviously is the home country of, of flesh and blood. And would you, I could you see the New Zealand players that represent at worlds doing the haka? <laughs> I would love to see it, to be <laughs> honest. Um, uh, realistically, will it happen? Uh, I, I'm, I doubt it, but, uh, I mean, I think there were what, there were three New Zealand players in the pro tour. So, um, you know, it might be a small hockey, but right. like, I think that's still like, yeah, I think that's, um, I, I think, I think it'd be cool. The hockey is like, well, it's like, there's, there's a lot of them, right? So there's the, the all blacks have their hockey, but like every school, well, not every, a lot of schools have their own hockeys, um, for their own sports teams. Um, it's pretty, yeah, pretty common to learn that or like Wyatas, which is just like, like Maori songs. So like Maori is like the, the New Zealand native language, um, which is what the haka is is in, um, and so yeah, it's pretty common. Like a lot of a lot of school, like man, like, especially at parties and things like that. <laughs> when um, like you know, you'll have like a school, like if there's a bunch of boys that came from the same school, and and someone like starts starts a haka, it's just like <laughs> so, you know, that you, it really just goes off. Um, <laughs> well, it's actually funny. Like, so I I live like probably closer to I'm in New Jersey. I live closer to Philly than I do New York. So I know like a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans. Now the Eagles have their chant where it's like E A G L E S Eagles and they start singing. Uh, if you're at a party, it's a lot like that. You, you, if someone yells E, everybody starts spelling out the rest of the Eagles, and uh, it's it's something to behold. That's for sure. But I, I think that we're actually putting out this this possibility of the New Zealand haka at worlds and uh, i hope any new zealand players that are competing and listening that you figure it out and do it because i want to see it happen i think it'd be very cool um <laughs> so that would be yeah. yeah you you were um account manager which is very cool so kind of what i do uh, in my personal job which is which is very like you know my my real job i guess this is not a real job i'm sorry to break it to everyone <laughs> one day though um but uh and, you know, that's a very uni like unique job, especially at the international stage. But you've since transferred into the content creator manager role, taking over for Chris Bewley. How have you enjoyed this new role and, and what has been the toughest adjustment so far? Um, so I've I have really enjoyed it. Um, I I think the so I mean, at, like. As an account manager with flesh and blood and everything like that, I I wasn't super online um, in terms of like especially like Twitter. Uh, like I made a Twitter when I sort of knew that I was moving into this role specifically for um, for this because I knew that there was a big like fab Twitter presence and everything like that. Um, and in terms of my like involvement in the community, it wasn't like I was super there. You know, I wasn't super involved. I was uh, very much on the like retailer side of things. So. Um, and I hadn't really like I'd gone to armories and, and played and everything like that, but I primarily played a lot and in the office. We we play like blitz leagues and things like that at, at lunch. Um, so I wasn't like super involved in the community. You know, I knew I knew I knew who Matt Rogers was. I knew, you know, like oh, like like Tarek, like all these, you know, all, like the people like the sort of like more well known like flesh and blood names. Um, but I I wasn't super yeah, I just I just hadn't met everyone yet. And I didn't know 
you know, I hadn't gone on Twitter. I hadn't seen who sort of regularly talk and all this sort of stuff like that. Um, so I really got sort of thrown in the deep end of that, um, which, which has been cool. It's been, it's, it's frankly, it's been like, like fairly easy to, to, you know, figure out. Um, well, actually in saying that there's a lot of content creators. So sometimes (laughs) it's just like, it, it can be, it can be a little bit like, um, tough keeping track of, of everyone. I think the hardest thing has been really like the, the content creator sphere has grown so much and the amount of like, I guess, preview cards or promos or assets or whatever it is that we have, like hasn't because it sort of can't grow much Mm. further past what it is. So having to assign things is, is quite difficult in all honesty. Like, I mean, outsiders preview season, that was the first, Previous season, I myself uh, sort of like managed, or um, you know, with with the help of some others. But um, th- it was just like going going through all that and figuring out, okay, who are we, you know, I was sort of working off past things. But it, it's like I would really like to be more efficient at that um, and be able to sort of assign preview cards and everything. I mean, the dream, the dream is to be able to do it. Like, you know, everyone sort of has their own hero that they root for their own mm-hmm. class or, or something that they're related to or, or whatever. And the dream would be like to just, it, the perfect card goes to the perfect person um, for it, which is, it, it's hard to do. So um, that's probably been the most difficult thing I think uh, is doing that. And I feel I always feel real bad uh, if I can't get something to creators, um, you know, just because it's like, I, I really do want to, but it's it's one of those like just like scarcity things where there's only so many, <laughs> you know, there's only so many things I could do. So it's um that's probably been the most difficult. The the easiest part for me um has been or like part of the things that I've really enjoyed has been uh the production of all the new assets and things that I um I've been making. Um so yeah, all these the, these promos. Like I started with the HP One uh, Blitz decks, making you know making promos for that. Um, you know, trying to branch out uh, and do some some advertising. So I've actually I'm actually doing quite a lot of marketing uh, things. I'm actually like, at, you know, as of like very uh, very recently, like moving to like I'm gonna be marketing manager now. Um, so which is cool. Like I'm still gonna be doing I'm still gonna be doing uh, content creator. Um, you know, like relationships and everything like that and working with content creators um but yeah our team is definitely going to be expanding and i'll be getting some more help with that um because yeah things things are growing and you know (laughs) we just want to keep keep leveling up um so yeah we need need a bit of help with that um so yeah I, i think it's it's been really enjoyable working with content creators because everyone is super like passionate and helpful. And I've found that it's made my job easy because sometimes I'll just be looking for something or, you know, I'll, I'll want to do something. Um, or I might not even know that I want to do it, but some content creator has been talking to me about it. They're like, Hey, like, this would be really cool. Like, this is a cool idea. I'm like, that actually is a really good idea. Like, I think I'll do that. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, it's been, it's been cool. I mean, so for example, I guess that outsiders trailer, right. Um, I, the 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 person who did the voice of that was uh Del uh Paranine, if yeah. you if you know, yeah. 
Um, so he actually did that, which was which was cool. I just because he'd I'd spoken to him at Worlds, and he was like, "Oh, if, you know, if you ever need any like voice acting like help with anything, just like hit me up." I'm like, "Sure." And then I sort of got to got to putting together this this Outsiders trailer, and I'm like, "Man, like who who's gonna voice this over?" Like I did the original voiceover like as a like a test run to see like what it sort of sounded like. I'm like, I'm not the guy for this. Like, <laughs> um, and, and I'm like, Oh, I could just, I could just hit up, hit up Dell. And he, and he did it. And, uh, and he did an amazing job and he provided me like 10 different versions. I'm like, Hey man, I need like an assassin boss, like a, you know, like some, <laughs> some, somewhere all like rugged, like, and, and he gave me all these versions. I'm like, yeah, like this guy, but maybe a little bit more like, you know, he, I mean, <laughs> like, he sent one. He's like, "This guy's seen some shit," and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like "Yeah, that guy does sound like he has." And so it was, it was great. Um, and and so yeah, like working with him was cool. And you know, it was that was all very. Um, <laughs> we're still a small team, so I. It seems like a lot of stuff is very like last minute. But I just, I just want to, I, I just want to do cool stuff and level up the production. And so with that trailer, it was just like, oh, like that. I'm just gonna. I changed the script last minute because we had revealed the heroes. Um, and I'm like, no, nah, we got to make this into more of a narrative piece, like something that's a bit more, you know, engaging and fun um, or, you know, something that gets people like feeling like they're in the pits. And so I changed it up last minute and I'm like, oh, it's just, I'll just hit up Dell. Surely you can do a voiceover. And he got it to me in like 24 hours. Um, so, you know, that like creators have been great. I've had other creators hit me up um, saying like, oh, you know, I do music, I do all this stuff. So there's a lot of very talented people that are in the creative sphere that, um, you know, are have been like extremely helpful. Um, and so I, I definitely, there's a lot of value to that. I mean, look, like, you know, with, with outsiders, uh, everyone that had done previews, I mean, working with like uh, Dima Mata, Reds and Rogue for some of those heroes, hero reveals is always really great really seamless um and yeah i just think we're, we're in a very good position um to sort of keep growing this game how we have been growing it and it's almost like it's almost crazy to think about sometimes i'm like there's like an army of people out there that are just <laughs> like hoping to grow this game you know just because they love it and i think that's and that's amazing to me like especially you know not coming from not coming from trading out games not really coming from anything that had I mean, sports has has communities to it, you know, but I feel like it's way different to oh, the yeah. flesh and blood community. <laughs> the flesh and blood community is just like they they're they're insane. They sort of yeah, just do so much amazing stuff, yeah, for the but, game. But yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of inherent with content creation because you kind of have to be passionate, right? Because well, mm. you know, we're, you know, like like I said before, this is not my real job, right? Like I do this. You know, we all do this because we love the game and we are passionate. And and also, I do want to say, I you know, I've said it before. I'll, I'll say it again, but I, I don't envy your job, especially when it comes to the the promos and everything like that, because right there, every day we have a new probably like 10 new content creators into the sphere. So like and like you said, there's only a certain amount of things you can give away. So. You know, I, I I can imagine and I can empathize like how how tough that might be. But you certainly, you know, and, you know, for the first go at it, you've been going doing great. So, you know, it is it is pretty, um, pretty crazy. The job that you have, because it's, it's unique, I would say. I think like you mm. don't find this 
uh, in, in a lot of other spheres, right? So, you know, but it's very cool. And it's also awesome that you're, you're kind of transferring into the marketing side because those assets you've been doing have been incredible. And it's, it's awesome. Now, can you take us through what a day in the life of working at LSS is like? Um, so we have an office, uh, which I go to in the mornings. Um, and we, like, like I said, we have a small team. So basically we have two, we have two halves to the building uh, that we're in. We have the developer side, which is where all the devs do their dev stuff, you know, make the game. Um, and that is like, you need a key card to get in, <laughs> you know, you, you can't get in there. It's, it's a, it's a funny business because, you know, we do have to be really, uh, sort of secretive with things because there's so much that could be potentially spoiled. Um, and, and the whole thing works around the premise of like, you know, not knowing what's coming in the next set, not knowing what's going to change the meta, you know, it's like, there's such a, it's such a crazy integrated thing with whether it's the secondary market, whether it's the actual meta game itself, where, you know, all, all these different things are so like interconnected that, you know, someone going, oh, there's this card coming out in the next set can just completely shake things up. So it's like one of those things where um, we do need to be sort of secretive and, you know, we're hoping to move to a space where we can actually um, invite more people into the building and, you know, see what flesh and blood is about without the fear of like, oh, I shouldn't have seen that. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> someone's got the wrong thing on their screen and, you know, when someone looks fast and all that. So, um, but we have a, we have a nice, we have a nice, uh, a nice team. Um, everyone's really friendly. That was actually what sort of drew me in in the first place uh, with my interview. I just got a good vibe from, from um, the, the people interviewing me. Um, one was it was Alan Alan Hale. He's like the OG. Uh, he's been he's been there pretty much since the beginning, like running North America on the on the OP side, and he's a super experienced. Like, um, you know, been been like with game stores. He used to work. He used to work at a game store and everything. Like, he's very yeah, just got loads of experience. And he's he's a great guy. Um, and I actually worked with him for for quite a while because I moved to the North American team uh, for account management. Um, so it's a very good vibe. We, we play, we play, uh, blitz games at lunchtime, um, host, yeah, different leagues, or maybe we'll play sealed or, or whatever it is. Um, my typical day is sort of get in there. Um, I try my mornings. I try to dedicate to the more, uh, like planning intensive type of work. So, you know, like the biggest thing that I've had to adjust or and learn very quickly is uh, the importance of timelines, especially, um, especially with this sort of job where, uh, well, with this company where, you know, we're working around set releases. Um, everything has a pretty strict deadline, um, whether it's you know events, uh, yeah, the release of a set, a, a new sort of um, sort of thing that we want to promote. It's all like you know. I need to, and I'm still, I'm still improving and trying to get better. Uh, is just really managing the timeline, managing like, okay, what assets need to be created to go out at this date? Who do I need to contact for this and that? Um, so that's sort of like the the morning is that, um, or some of the more. What I'm really like thankful for is the ability to be making these promos. Like I'm, I'm putting together some stuff for Dust of Dawn, um, and that's like that's probably my favorite part to be honest because um, the it's like, as a kid, I always wanted to be a movie director, but I never had the, um, 
I was like too scared, I guess. And I was like, uh, I wanted, I, I always had this weird thing about like financial security. Like I want to be richer, you know, I want to like, <laughs> you know, and so, and I was like, I was like, oh, I could be like a guy in a suit in a business, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so that, and, and I went and studied business and I, and I did, and I took like, I guess like what I would consider like at the time, like the safe route. Um, but I always wanted to be like a movie director, like deep, like as a, as a kid, and like deep, you know, underneath all that. And then I guess it sort of comes back to the author thing. I'm like, no, I'm actually getting to like write stuff and make these promos, which are like little mini tiny movies. Um, and it's all come around like really full. I actually feel very grateful for how it's come around. Like it's uh it's actually been really um really nice. Like after going through a, like a, that weird tumultuous like period after university coming into this and then moving into this role and getting to do all the stuff that I actually really like doing. Um, and it's my job is like, great. I'm, I'm stoked about it. So that's really quite fun is like looking through the art, um, looking at, you know, how can we make this promo? Um, how can we, you know, how are we going to present it? Like there, there are different types of things. Like I, I like, I feel like there's event because I'm doing a lot of event promos as well. So there's like event marketing and then there's product marketing. And I take sort of different approaches to both, but try integrate them as best as I can. So like if you saw the promo that was run at like the keynote um, at Pro Tour, it was sort of like, you know, dust will dawn. Here's what the product looks like. Here's just a, it's just a little teaser of like, you know, this is what it is. And then the prism reveal. Um, and then moving from that straight into like, or the Monarch draft, you know, this is like the the pre-release um, and then Nationals is also Monarch. So like finding a way to tie those together. Um, I think events are, are fun because you can hype them up. Um, you know, my my inspiration for events and event promos is like the UFC. I think that's <laughs> where, we, where we should be for, if we, that's the goal is to get to that standard of like, um, production quality yeah. uh through you know throughout all of it and it's i mean obviously one of the ufc's so it's going to take a little bit to, <laughs> yeah. to get there but that is that is that is the goal or that's at least my my aspiration um for that side of things and then with product i really like the lore and i don't think that um we're actually sort of we need to we need to make our lore a little bit more accessible um but shout out to uh, let me just check what it is. Legendarystories.net. That guy, um, I'm really blanking on his name right now. I apologize, man. But um, <laughs> amazing job. He's collated all the law. Uh, and if you just go into the main story section, I would encourage people, honestly, to, to go there. Um, just check out number four, the main story. Roll through that. Uh, if you you know if you haven't, it's um, or if if you if you care or not. Some people don't care about the law. That's fine. I mean, that's still a there's a whole game to be played, right? <laughs> um, but uh, especially for Dust of Dawn, you know, we're coming back to the main story. Um, the you know the, the the War of the Monarch, the Solana uh, versus the the Monastery. Um, and it's actually quite, it's, I think it's really exciting. I think, you know, there's, there's some cool things coming on the horizon and it's quite good to just get refreshed with where we're at. You know, we've actually, um, and this is what I didn't really realize as a, as an account manager when I wasn't looking into it as much. Um, but all these sets are exploring different realms and actually sort of following this, uh, this story arc, there's sort of a meta story happening. Um, and once you read it, it actually, the cards, take on almost the, the card art for me takes on a new meaning. Um, you know, when I look at like this rounds on me as a card, I 
without knowing like what it is, it's like, oh, cool. Like, you know, there's some of the heroes hanging out. Like, that's that's fun. Um, but now it's like, I know where they were hanging out after, you know, having met. Like, I know, how, you know, where they are in their story and where they're about to be going afterwards. Like, so, you know, you can sort of start to look at the art differently and, and see what part of the story uh, it sort of matches up to. Um, and there's going to be some cool stuff like that. Um you know, going forward into the future as well, where you're going to be able to look at a piece of art on a card and be like, oh, that's, you know, when this person was doing this. Or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, I obviously can't say anything more than that. Yeah, but, yeah. Are you but, sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's the stuff that I'm really getting, I'm really getting into at the moment. Um, and then afterwards, it's, you know, I start lunch and then the afternoon, it's like, okay, emails, partner collaborations, all that sort of stuff, trying to figure out, you know, how the rest of the marketing side or, or whatever it is um, that I'm doing is is going on. Um, but yeah, I'm, manage, I'm managing a lot of the moment um, <laughs> because we don't have like, because we, we need to grow our team. Um, and that's, and that's cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. I signed up for that. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, there's a bit of there's a few tangents there, so I don't know how much of a clear day you get, but yeah, morning is typically, or I try at least, typically like art promo focused, uh, what a you know LSS production focused, and then it's like afternoon is like creator, uh, you know, creators collabs, all that sort of uh, all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty cool, um, just. Because like, like I, I'm just thinking back to you, you wrote a book right in three months right you know and obviously I didn't didn't sell the publisher but it's nice to know that you have this kind of creative itch and that you get to scratch that itch with this position right which is very cool mm-hmm. see so you, you know like you said you always wanted to be a filmmaker when you're a kid and this is like your your chance to take a stab at it and like and it really shows I, I you know and and I think it's something even um. I had I had Bryn from Banish Zone on the show, and that was like one thing we talked about. It's like, what is something that Flesh and Blood needs to do to kind of up the game here? And I think she says like we need like really cool videos and stuff like that, promotional stuff. And I think it was shortly after you know you kind of came into the role, and we started seeing that, and it was very cool, kind of see how that really did up the game, uh, and it it's pretty neat now. Um, is there anything else in, in, in terms of like with creators or, or, or just like enhancing the game from the marketing side, uh, that, that you have planned or something you'd like to at least take a stab at? Um, I guess, so it's all sort of like, I'm sort of trying to level up everything, uh, simultaneously. And the biggest thing that I want to do with, creators is well i mean i want to get better at my at my job uh and how and you know how i work with creators like i was saying i want to get more efficient at how we allocate costs for preview season um i want to get you know more efficient at, at just doing at doing collaborations with with different creators for for different um you know for, for whatever marketing purposes it might be um and part of that comes down to like a, a better system at actually managing and figuring out um, what I think everything I, I, I want to try like tie uh, because of the way that flesh and blood is and it's this hero game and everything like that. And all these creators have their own personalities and, and heroes that they're sort of attached to and all this sort of stuff. I, I do want to try and make it easier to be able to do promotional things that are relevant to 
the the creators um so like yeah it's you know if there's ever any if there's ever anything uh to do with like i mean prism i guess you know there's like so many like there's like fino right for example is like someone who's just like loves prism um being able to do that but for all the creators uh is 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 sort of the goal um I would like to, yeah, keep growing things like the content creator kits. Um, maybe like I think we're we're going through this like growing section of uh, everything is growing, but so we sort of need to catch up as well um, as a you know as as a team and 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 up those efforts. I would also like to. There's a few. I have some ideas, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say them. So <laughs> I can't. Right. <laughs> just in case they do happen, and then it like breaks the and then it, and then it sort of ruins <laughs> the surprise. Um, so there's a there's a few things with previous season because I think previous season's just a super fun, super cool opportunity. Um uh and I have a lot of like ideas for it. Um but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I it's always a weird situation, man, because I can't like <laughs> you know, I wanna I wanna say something, but then if it goes yeah, then if it does go ahead, it, it's sort of um yeah, we, we like we like bringing out like surprises and things for the community as well. Um, I'll tell you what, you just dangled the carrot just enough that people will speculate, and and that's that's perfect. We like speculation. I can always count on people speculating, man. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why that's what we love to do. I mean, that's like you know fifty percent of content creation is speculating. So it's part yeah. of the fun there. Yeah. Right? I, I like it. Um, yeah, yeah. No, there, uh, there's yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, yeah, the content creator kits. That's something I want to try try improve as well. Um, maybe have you know different versions of them. Um, I have some cool ideas about like merch and stuff as well for different people. Um, you know, because there are there are different types of content creators. There's whole, obviously there's a whole there's like you know there's there's podcasters. There's your competitive. Uh, you're really like yeah. You're really competitive deck tech sort of uh, creators. Um, there's you know the the more casual people. The UPF scene is growing now. Um, there's there's all these different sort of creators that are, inhabit different spheres, and I want to give them promos or uh, merch that like matches what they do. You know what I mean? Um, like one thing that I thought would be really cool is like having like a for for all the box breakers is having like uh, like an LSS like like uh, like knife like one of those uh, <laughs> like a letter opener or something like that you know where it's like That'd they can use that when they because that's that's always the thing is like you know opening the seal <laughs> yeah hey, some really like yeah specific uh, things for for specific creators is is awesome and uh, uh, yeah I mean I I, I I think I can speak for everyone that I think we're all kind of excited in general to see what else um you know kind of comes uh towards the content creators and and how the lss continues to work with them so i think it's pretty cool now you did mention uh you know the, the, we touched on some dust till dawn stuff is there anything you can hint about dust till dawn and is there anything the buds in like specifically should be getting hyped about <laughs> um it's uh let's see it's touchy <laughs> i can be cryptic with it maybe um man you guys should listen i'll tell you what you guys should listen to uh james and what james is uh like 
closely because he drops a lot of Easter eggs. Oh yeah, and people and people don't even realize. But but they're so like you just wouldn't even. I don't know. I I didn't even pick it up <laughs> until <laughs> until we were talking about it, and then I was like, oh yeah, like so yeah. But anyway, that's that's something. Um, with Dust of Dawn, let's see. So story wise, you know, we're going back to to the main story arc um, to a period of time. Uh, where there's going to be some very, uh, it's a sort of a turning point, you know. Um, so it's, it, it is the, it is really, it's, it's a cool, it's a great, it's a cool set. Like, um, and I've seen it, so, you know, <laughs> like, I can tell you, it looks cool. Um, it's actually, so like, uh, we, we could buy uh, products um, as like Ellis's employees, Um and there, but there's sort of like a maximum allocation that we can, that we can get. And I'm like, this is the first time that I'm like, man, maybe I might max out my allocation. <laughs> maybe I will. Like, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not a collector by any means. I, I, I don't collect. Uh, I just have my decks that I play. Um, and, you know, some other like staple cards that I keep for, you know, future tech builds and things. Um, but I'm definitely not a, not a collector, but I'm like, these ones are pretty cool. I think <laughs> I might have to, I might even go and get like a frame for them. Like I really want to collect, uh, I want to collect the marbles, like the marbles from the set. I, I really like them. And I, the marble dragons from Uprising were really, were really cool. I, I like them. Um, but I didn't have that. I didn't have the same like drive to go out and and sort of get them all. Um, but this time I'm like, man, I like those. I think those are sweet. So um, yeah. So I guess personally, personally, I think it's cool. Um, the it, it is. I I'm really. Uh, oh, okay. Now I have to be careful. Hold on. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm just enjoying yeah. like watching this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm having to it. like, yeah, I have to like filter everything before I before I st- say things in case uh, I say something that I'm not meant to. Um, the yeah, I like I, like I was saying before, I would really I would encourage people to go read the story uh, to get up to date. I just think it makes it more fun um, for me. It allows I, I like being immersed in the set and the world. Um, you know the the whole even like uprising, reading all the uprising stories for me when it was all coming out and everything was uh, just, uh, I mean, not everyone's into the lore, but, but I, I I like it. It just brings a new depth to it for me. It brings a, a bit more meaning. Um, and it just gets me, it gets me excited. Like I, I really like, I never, I didn't think I would be the guy when I, if I think about before I joined this company, before I knew anything about trading card games, I never really thought that I would get attached to like heroes. Like, but I, I sort of, but I, but I really am. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm like so stoked to, to see these, these things happening or I'm like, Oh man, like it's the story I, I get. I, yeah, it, it's, it's a funny how it sort of evokes that feeling of like, and, and you do get a bit more of an attachment to those cards and those characters. Um, I'm, I'm like I'm impressed with with the with the, the team. I mean, our creative team is is crazy. They're they're so uh, super talented, and obviously the developers and the way that they synergize it all it still blows my mind. Yeah. Um, so and even just like how the mechanics match the name of the card <laughs> and everything, I still I'm just like man, like how long did that take to figure out? Um, so it is it is it is really impressive. Um, Dusk to Dawn specifically, I think, has a lot of very cool things. It has a lot of lore uh, driven. Uh, cards um 
that are quite like yeah there's like meaning to them they're they're a bit more like special um the yeah like i said the models look great um they're they're stunning um there's we're doing things that haven't been done before with certain eras um and i think james has said that so i think i can say that (laughs) um so but i can't reveal what but it's you know a it's like something fundamentally like different and cool um and <laughs> yeah uh, i mean i don't know yeah we'll leave it there yeah. if, I, if i go any further i feel like i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna inadvertently like divulge something and i just yeah. I, i'm not sure uh yeah oh well you'll see some cool stuff soon anyway that, that yeah. i can say that much um there's going to be some more reveals uh coming out some more exciting things hopefully a cool promo to really get people in the in the zone and the mood for 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 preview season uh which will be june 30th is when it starts um so yeah hoping to make some do something exciting for that we've got a little bit more time uh this time than outsiders to actually prepare for for preview season and and for you know outside like if it's on the, the promo side and, and trying to bring it all to life. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can make some really, some really cool stuff um, that will get people excited and yeah, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I think we could take from that is go listen to everything James White's ever said. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and we will be able to piece together something. Um, yeah. Preview season is always exciting. Uh, I think, uh, especially, you know, for myself, this one's very exciting. Return to Monarch. Leviah's like, you know, my girl. Hopefully we get something. I know you can't tell me if if Leviah's going to get beefed up in any kind of way. But, you know, we can all hope, um, you know. And, you know, with this shadow stuff, has to, there has to be something. At least I'm th- thinking. But I you, mean, you've seen Vincent, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it is Vincent. I don't know if people were expecting that. Uh you know, so yeah. yeah, it might not be what's expected, but yeah. <laughs> who, who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> oh, cryptic as ever. Now, yeah. before we say our goodbyes, I want to do the fresh faves. We're going to ask you a couple of your favorites, and we're going to answer some listener questions. If you're game, Alex, we'll start doing it. Um, awesome. First, uh, for the fresh faves, is who is your favorite hero? Young Bravo. Specifically Young Bravo, obviously, <laughs> you know. That was the first era I ever played. Um, yeah, young dude, a lot of swagger. Um, <laughs> you know, seeing, yeah, on his on his journey. So, yeah, that was one where I was like, I, it all felt a little bit fitting because I was, when I was going to the States, I was like, I'm just going to cosplay as young Bravo. I'm just going to do it, you know, like, I'm going <laughs> to, and I was reading, reading his story and everything. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is pretty aspirational. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I feel like I can, and I've never done cosplay or anything like that before. And I would have been way too, uh, I, it wouldn't have been something I ever would have done had it not been for that sort of culmination of things. Um, I would have just been too shy, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I was just like, "Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Why not? Like, let's, let's, let's go into it. This is the start of the journey." And um, yeah, so you know, special place in my heart for young brother. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you you knocked it out of the park. Now, what's your favorite weapon? <laughs> Kadachis, man. I can't get enough of Kadachis. <laughs> yeah. I the thing is I play way more ninja than Bravo, even though Bravo's Bravo's my guy, you know, but I I, I love the ninja play style. Um 
And when I went to my first armory with Bravo, man, I sucked because I was trying to play like a ninja. And I was just like, no, no go again. Like I, I have to wait to do turns, you know, like set up and stuff. Like I don't want to do that. Um, so, but yeah, I think uh, it's probably Kadachi's. I, I just, yeah. I mean, what's worse than being Kadachi locked, you know? I'll tell you what's worse than getting Kadachi locked is losing to you in the Alpha Draft in Columbus <laughs> when you raise a reflex the Kadachi. I was like, yeah. oh my god, yeah, with a yellow one. Yeah, yeah I was like, it's uh, pretty good, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, what's your favorite equipment? Favorite equipment? Um, it's between. Yeah, I mean, it's the ones that I use, I guess. So it's between. Uh, tectonic plating and mask of momentum. I mean, mask of momentum is so good. It's just yeah. such a threat. While it's while it's still there, once it's broken, <laughs> it sort of sucks. Like if there was mask of momentum that was battle one, that would just be OP. Yeah, so good. That thing just is so threatening. <laughs> but but yeah, um, so yeah, but between those two, good answer. And finally, what's your favorite uh, run of the mill card? Your attack action, your non attack action, your instant, anything you throw into your deck. Um, Vipox. I don't know if it's a Vipox or Vipox, but I love that card. Um, I just think it's cool how it makes people it makes people interact with it, right? And it always feels so bad blocking one. Like, um, yeah. and I've played. Uh, I, I was playing a bit of Benji actually recently, and Benji with Vipox is like oh, great. Yeah. You know, I've finished people's turn, like finished people's games, just like you know. It's it's the I did it just the other day playing Benji and um I was like you know I had like a full card hand I was like oh how should I do this you know play the song and then um Newson uh one of the one of the the guys here at, at LSS was like man just just kill him with this one card like it'll be <laughs> funny I'm like yeah all right then because you know <laughs> it blown it like all the equipment was gone by this point just play a Vipox you know. <laughs> There you go. Have five, have five, have an unblockable five, basically. Yeah, um, that's pretty so, cool. Yeah. yeah, no, I like I like that card. That's a great answer. I don't think we've ever gotten Vipox answered on the show, so I'm I'm glad to uh, get a little Vipox representation. Now, time for some listener questions, and we'll say our goodbyes. Uh, the first question comes from Dead Summer Art Kale. <clears throat> you know, great bud, great yeah. uh, content creator. Uh, a lot of content creators actually chimed in here. Uh, he, he asked, what is your favorite part of flesh and blood deck building, cosplay, lore, competitive play, etc." I would say it is, it's like the way it's the lore, but the way that the lore synergizes with the art and the cards, um, and saying that deck building is annoyingly fun because <laughs> I, I, I have to, I'm so bad, man, if I'm trying to. If I'm I'm working and I've got my deck sitting next to me and, I'm, <laughs> and I because I'm building like a, a, a Katsu classic constructed deck and um and I'm still missing some cards but I'm always like looking through it and stuff I'm like get back to work man like, <laughs> I gotta, I I have to go put it on a different shelf otherwise I'll just keep looking through it and and trying to yeah and, and like laying the cards out like okay what should I do now and that's actually what got me hooked was the deck building like that's what really got me into flesh and blood was um was actually building my first Bravo deck and the excitement of like going to get my first Majestics and, <laughs> and, you know, getting those crippling crushes. And, and then, yeah, so I, I really enjoy that. And I think that's, it's weird. Cause it's, 
until you start it, it seems like a pain in the ass. It seems real arduous, like, oh, you know, like all these cards and the list, and I got to do this. And it's almost like admin. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, once you get it, once you get into it, or you, you know, you, you sort of start getting excited about playing with your, with your new deck and everything. It's like, man, this is fun. Like, this is, you know, and now I'm going through the same process again i'm gonna have to go down to the game store and get a get a winds of eternity <laughs> so yeah yeah um but no i think i mean for me especially with what i'm doing with with my job at the moment uh it is for sure like the the weaving of the story into the into the cards and and how that's all uh sort of going i, I really i really like that i really i really appreciate it yeah, um, and I totally get it, the deck building while working. It's like, well, you know, I'll just take a look, right? You might as well take yeah, a yeah. look. <laughs> I, have a, yeah. I have a down minute, and then it turns into 20. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. uh, next question comes from Jim from FabTCG Cards, who asked, uh, do you think there are any voids in content creation, anything uh, you'd like to see, in other words? Um. So I think like my my thing that I there's a lot of it's it's been great seeing a lot of new uh new new player friendly content coming out. Um I've really appreciated seeing seeing all that. Um things like the the you know the blitz deck upgrade videos as well. Uh anything that is that is helping to like facilitate getting new people into flesh and blood and growing the community is always uh, really, really great. I, I appreciate that. Um, what I'm hoping to see more of, and I have seen, um, and I am seeing people do it, is I really want to try show the fun of Flesh and Blood and the community and the events uh, that happen um, in a way that is uh, appealing to people that might not know anything about flesh and blood and maybe not know anything about trading card games, right? Like people that are just looking for something fun to do, a new hobby, maybe a community to join. I mean, that's part of what flesh and blood is, is, is like getting people together in the flesh and blood. Like it, it's, it's not just the game. It's like, you know, get out of your house, go to the game store, like, <laughs> you know, go, go meet some friends. Like that's part of it. So things that show that side of it off is really, I think that's sort of the next, one of the next things that we're trying to, um, trying to grow, um, or yeah, trying to put out there. And with social media, it's sort of, um, there are a lot of the most shareable and stuff and is, is that short form content, you know, those reels, those, those TikToks that, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I think that there's, uh, there's sort of a lot of untapped potential there. I'm seeing a lot of people doing, um, doing shorts now and there's that. And because the thing is, so I've got my YouTube that I, uh, that I sort of follow a lot, a lot of creators on, um, try to keep up to date with everything that's coming out. Uh, and I'm like now starting to see shorts, um, Sneep, Sneep. I've been seeing Sneep's shorts. So, uh, <laughs> that's cool. Um, and, uh, Paul, the Paul Timmy, obviously I yeah. see his stuff, but yeah, the, I, I really would like that stuff to grow a little, a little bit more. Um, I just think, yeah, it's a it's a fun part of flesh and blood that maybe doesn't get as much light as as it could. Like like little vlogs and stuff, you know. If you're at the pro tour or something, you capture a cool moment on camera, you know. Like the um, who was it? It was I think it was Hank. I think it was Goblin Reserve. Uh, 
put a little short out uh, at the UPF event when James was playing, um, and there was uh, John with the uh, with the Rudy deck, the full <laughs> Rudy deck. And I think that video actually did pretty well. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. I think there's big potential there, uh, and it's just a matter of like, man, you're filming vertical, right? Just pull your phone out, just like catch yeah. some stuff. You know, some laughs, like some things like that. I I think that would be. Uh, I think that's sort of one of the next things we want to want to try grow. Um, yeah, but otherwise, I mean, I think everything else like is is really going great. It's going swimmingly. Um, so, but I think that's maybe the the next little bit to grow, and then we'll reevaluate. See, yeah, yeah. I I think like a lot of you know a lot of creators, you know, they're they're I, they're they're like my age. I feel like at least the ones I talk. And it's like I think we really need to like focus on like TikTok and shorts and stuff like that. Because it is the future, right, of, of content and, and stuff like that. So it's something that we're all, I think, actively trying to figure out. It's like also like how do you make flesh and blood work there? Uh, but, yeah, no, that's good to know uh, for anybody listening. Yeah. It's a way to drive people to your main content as well. I think that's uh, something that maybe doesn't get, like, said enough is that it, it is like a if you think about it like you know like a sales funnel or whatever that's the that's the top of your funnel is because it's the getting put out to the most amount of people so if you can put something that's short snappy engaging you know once makes people want to know more you know as long as it's there's a clear direction with that piece of content that sends your viewer to your main thing and i mean this is what people do with podcasts all the time right like i'm, I'm pretty sure i've seen you do this as well it's mm-hmm. like you know you get those highlight clips or whatever or you know something that or, or maybe it's a cliffhanger it leaves you know that's sort the of question um and it's like oh i want to know more about this you know and so the person goes and clicks on it watches the full episode boom there's another viewer there's another potential listener or you know maybe another new fat player so yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's sort of how I how I see that working. Uh, next comes from my co-host on Bud Rush Bellow, Gary, who asked on your first American tour, what were some of the things you tried for the first time and loved or hated? Oh, I tried grits, man. Grits <laughs> was not nice. I thought it was. I don't know what I was expecting. Um, didn't like it. Oh <laughs> man, like I gotta grits. say, I mean, you know, some some people might, you know, you know, turn this off right now. Grits are. I know. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it might be a touchy subject. Um, there's some uh, there. It's like some song. I think it's like oh nah, like what are those songs? And then there's like a line from it that's like, you gonna cook them eggs cheesy with them grits or not and that, that for some reason <laughs> makes me laugh every time and so but i was like what's grits like and so i tried grits um and that that uh that answered my question as to what grits is and i'm not, not a fan unfortunately <laughs> um okay. but it was yeah it was an experience um so yeah there was that uh the first time i was there i got to shoot some guns you know uh that was a bit of fun um never really we don't really have that in new zealand so you know (laughs) always a always a fun experience um and what else did i do i i had a man i feel like i'm gonna offend some people i had deep dish pizza average average man average (laughs) so much hype and just so average yeah (laughs) You know, but, it seems to be a general consensus outside of Illinois. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I but, mean, it's yeah. fine. It's pizza. It's like, you know. No, yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It's still, it's fine, but it just gets so, everyone's like, you got to try deep dish. You gotta, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I was expecting something sort of 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just, yeah, that's the, what happens when you just hype up expectations too much. Um, but you know, I still got to try that. Um, I really liked Chicago. I was only there in downtown Chicago for like one night, basically went to an armory van and then cruised around the town, um, afterwards. Uh, and I thought Chicago was really cool. I really, I really enjoyed, um, the vibe of the city. It was very busy. Like that's the thing coming from New Zealand. Every, every big city, in the States is just sort of like, wow, like, you know, <laughs> look at all these buildings and people. I remember going out to this like piano bar um, with this guy that I met at the place that I was staying at, um, at on like Tuesday at like two in the morning, like two, two, three in the morning. It was just full of people. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you wouldn't even get this many people in a bar in Oakland on like a Saturday. Like, you know, I, I was just like, I think it, maybe it's just a population thing, but I was like, wow, this, this town is alive. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, here, uh, here. Speaking of towns in the states, we got a question from Papa Mike, <clears throat> who makes great cocktails inspired by Flesh and Blood. Um, what lessons did you or LSS learn in Baltimore that will help make the next major event even better? Um, lessons from Baltimore, I think. Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore was definitely a, a big step up from Worlds uh, in terms of how the event just went in general, I think across all, like across the whole board. Um, what did I learn personally? Um, I would still like to, I mean, we did good on the coverage, but I think we can do better. Um, and I think we can really utilize more um, of the, what I was just mentioning before about the, the community, the the short form, the community feel, the good vibe feeling uh, that because the vibe is great when you're there. You know, it's fun. Everyone's talking to everyone. There's there's like a just a, a fun atmosphere, and I wanted to capture that more. I just didn't quite have the. Um, it needs to be captured, and then it needs to be put out like straight away. Um, mm. And didn't quite have the bandwidth to do that um, as much as I would have liked to. So that's something that I think having someone dedicated to that uh, next big event will be, will be good. Um, the, I mean, we're, we're just always trying to level up and I think we will keep leveling up as we go. I still want to get to a point where, you know, the venue itself, I mean, the venue itself was obviously like, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to do better than a 10. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Baltimore is cool, but I want to, I want to keep leveling up just the, the sort of decorations, the um, the entranceway, I think, is a big thing that maybe gets neglected. And I don't know, because if the thing is for me, I, because I've never been to any big training card, I've never been to like a Magic Grand Prix or anything like that, you know, so I really don't know what to compare it to. But I guess my standards, I'm like comparing it to like um, big shows, you know, things mm -hmm. that I don't know what, like, I guess like Comic-Con maybe or something like that of maybe, obviously that's a pretty massive scale. Um, but, you know, I want, I want to see that level of like production and decoration and things like that. Uh, it, it's just a matter of growing, growing yeah. into it because it'll, it'll cost. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I got to say, you know, I've been to quite a few large events and, you know, from the first one I've been to, to this, I mean, like it, it, it's a world of difference. So I can only assume that it's going to continue to, to just keep, you know, it, it's not going to be leaps and bounds, but I'm sure it's going to be, you know, moderate steps here and there, which is kind of cool. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it is very much. Uh, um, I think that's something I've also like. Yeah, learned as well is is the um, you know not just is like actually managing this all properly and just continually growing rather than really just trying to throw everything at the wall and you know potentially like ruining some other aspect of the business. So yeah, I can appreciate uh, like, and this is something that I that was pretty clear. Uh, from you know talking talking with people in the companies like just the the long term uh the long term viewpoint of all of this um especially because trading card games i mean i don't like i think uh yeah we don't have like the trading card economy is not the same as something like esports or like the ufc or the nfl you know like we're we're working with uh significantly smaller budgets for these types of things so you know we try to it's like but it, it will continue to grow as the game grows you know yeah. i mean even look at like i guess like magic for an example like the the sort of um you know they seem to have pretty good quality uh um even like this like their production sets for their events and things like that but you know they've got all that all that fancy looking stuff around them so you know we'll, we'll keep growing and once we get to once we get to that size we'll yeah it will start to look like the UFC and all these things that I, I want it to look like. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, listen, it's a nice five-year plan. Um, <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, now, this question comes from uh, We Are We Are, <clears throat> who asks, if Bravo had a specialized majestic weapon, what would it do? If Bravo had a specialized majestic weapon, what would it do? Um, I think it would be a it would be like knuckle dusters and it would <laughs> and it would just say like star on them. <laughs> and it's it would just and, yeah 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 and it would just be like boom um what would it do like mechanically uh i'm not a game developer so um i think it would have to i think satisfying some sort of condition uh that would give it dominate would make sense sort of like how sort of like rock you know rock how mm -hmm. how that works um but like something that would yeah satisfying some form of condition that would give it dominate or maybe like yeah maybe something to do with like seismic surges or, or something i don't know um um but it would have to like because it's all about you know just like I, like i'm in my head i'm thinking it just like turns them into like confetti you know like <laughs> hits them and like just like they're like you know showers of sparks or whatever they just get like <laughs> like sort of like when you look at like crippling crush uh, and like uh showtime and those cards you know you get all those colors and stuff would just be like boom like you just got got hit so um i think it would but as to what that would do to the opponent and to the hero um and we really have to like properly shut them down. I guess it would almost maybe like a. I feel like it would, like, if it hits, it gets go again, and your next attack gets like dominate. Right? You gave him this that would like be gnarly. That would be yeah, <laughs> huge smash. Like it only comes in for like three or something like that. So they have to commit something to blocking it. But if it hits, you're mm. just like you're dazed. So like everything's yeah, gonna yeah. like smash you next, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a new yeah. No. 
I think that's cool. Yeah, I think I think we could work with that. Oh, <laughs> pass that yeah. one along. We'll, huh? I'll send that recording to, to the dev team and get them working. <laughs> yeah, they have my number. They can call me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I have a question. Uh, I actually like kind of two. These two questions kind of go together, right? So this is from Sprocket and Capolo. So Sprocket asks if you could visit any region of Wraith with any hero as your uh, tour guide slash bodyguard, where would you go and with who? And then Capolo asked if Wraith had a sport. These are both very Wraith kind of um, focused. If Wraith had a sport where each region would compete in, what sport would it be? And which region would be the favorite to take home the trophy? I have to imagine the Savage Lands is probably, you know, just, I mean, they have a card that I mean, says swing big. rugby, man, like, you know, <laughs> I, they're doing pretty well. Um, I think... Let's see. Okay. Region that I want to visit. Uh, I, I got to say, it's, probably, it's Mysteria, probably. Um, I just think it's so cool. Like, yeah. it, it just looks, it's such a cool looking region. Um, and it would have to be with a Mysterian. So it would, it would probably be Katsu, I think. I think, yeah. He's just got a, he's got a cool, coolness about him, you know? Like, um, nice so yeah. Vibe. Go, yeah. yeah, yeah. But in saying that, Ari is pretty fun and I wouldn't mind going to party at the Everfest. So <laughs> yeah, I'm very I'm quite torn between that. It's like, what do I want to see? Like some insanely cool like mountains and mist and all that. Oh, but then Vault Haven is so cool. <laughs> there's so there's too many yeah. uh, like I've been and I've been looking at it all recently, especially some of the Aryan uh re- regions. Um and yeah, they're just so so cool like you know like a floating city and yeah. all this lightning and mountains <laughs> but there's something yeah it's hard to say i don't know i feel like uh it'd be pretty cool to go you know get in the zen state with with katsu and go to the climb the top of one of those mysterian mountains and yeah i think that would be that i think I'd, i think i'll choose that one but yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to go to all of them um in terms of a sport what sport would they play it would have to be, it has to be something that involves like a level of uh, like intellectual, like complexity, you know, you would need to, it can't just, it, something almost like, like Quidditch with like, <laughs> you know, there's like multiple games going on type of thing. Um, Cause you'd want to get everyone involved. You know, you'd almost need like something for the brutes and the guardians and the warriors to really just like bash it out. And then you need <laughs> something for the wizards and, and the illusionists to be doing like, maybe it's like, maybe it's like a game of uh, like rugby or like handball or something. And then you, but then there's like a chess, there's like a chess board in the middle of the game. And <laughs> for, for, like prism. <laughs> for like Prism and Kano to like go at it. And they're, you know, like moving all these pieces around. Or maybe they're playing flesh and blood. Maybe that's yeah, what it is. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Who would win that? Uh, I think Solana's got a pretty strong team. You know, they got a good mix. Yeah. You know. They've got they've got Bolton, they've got um, Prism, so better sort of, you know, and and Dorinthia, they got some Warriors, got some Greens and Bronze, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good good mix of both. So, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably back back Solana for, for sports. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, um, one one question that came up, you know, multiple people asked is is just in general from content creator specific, uh, perspective is. Um, what, what can we do more to be noticed by LSS? And, you know, I'm sure you get asked this all the time. 
Um, I mean, it's yeah. I guess it's really you're you're almost. Um, there's like cool organic stuff that happens that gets noticed uh, just because it organically like comes up, uh, whether that be through Twitter or, or whatever it is. And we're all like pretty active. I mean, I know like James, uh, you know, he goes through uh, through Twitter and, and YouTube like it seems like he's pretty onto it. I'm, I'm actually re- considering how much he does. I'm like, how did how did you see this? Like, how did you know this was happening? Um, so. Yeah, I, I think it's it is hard to say like how to get noticed. Uh, I think how I would put it is like how can you maybe align uh, the content that you're creating with the current sort of things that are happening within Flesh and Blood. So obviously, like Dust or Dawn related stuff is is always gonna get. Um, get noticed because it's because we're coming into dust or dawn it's sort of like the, the lead-in um period to that um well, community driven stuff always makes its way through to us uh whether that's through social media or like the organized play team um you know our account managers and stuff who get sent things from game stores where they've done some really cool type of event um that they've put on like those things i think hold more th- those get those things get recognized like those really community uh community driven efforts when you see people sort of go in the extra mile like there was uh was it a pro quest or a battle hardened there was one event there was an event in oh man i want to say belgium at the start of the year i think um belgium or the netherlands one of the one of the two and I can't even, and I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the store and everything, but they did like a really great job of their, of their event. They had like Arachne, they had a thing of Arachne, like behind these trees, like lurking. Cool. Um, <laughs> they had a, there was the emperor and it had those kind of books. I can't, I don't know what you call them. The ones that you see at funerals, like where people write their messages. Oh yeah. And, yeah. You know, to, to the person, <laughs> like and a tribute to the emperor, like all those little things like that, you know, that all came back to us and we we're like that, you know, that's amazing. Um, just those, those little sort of extra, extra touches um, for, for creators. It's like, I think, and it might sound sort of like cliche, but it, it, it's really just, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at it like do, like, how do we get noticed? It would be like, how can I do what I am passionate about within flesh and blood and do it to, you know, and put in the, like, I think do do what you think is cool. Do what you think is is fun. And, um, you know, maybe try to be a little bit different. Like, try stand out. Like, that, that that's the thing is, and it's like this with every, like, industry, you know, you sort of do need some point of differentiation to, to have you know, to get noticed over over some other piece of content, especially the, the content creator sphere. I mean, you know, you're not, I, I, it's like, I guess you're not like competing with content creators, but you're competing with other content, um, mm-hmm. whether that's flesh and blood or not. You know, there's so much, there's like so much content for everything. So, <laughs> um, you know, to try and get noticed is more, it's more like, okay, what can I do to differentiate myself? Um, but I think, you know, don't do that at the expense of like, I think you still have to like stay true to what you're trying to, what you're trying to promote, what your sort of core like ethos is behind your content, you know, and, and if you've got that solid, then, um, yeah, I mean, like, look at, like, look at like Manson, like, for example, right. Like he's doing really well 
Um, and this whole thing just started around around just really just loving Leviathan. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, of all the things, right? And I mean, even even as like the, there's you know the, there's the cult of Azalea, like I, that stuff is all is all really good. Um, I've been seeing, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of new things. Been seeing like um, Savage Lands news. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very cool, man. Like the the chat GPT thing, very you know, that's interesting. <laughs> that's new. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff happening, but just just go with what yeah, I, I think just go with what you think is what yeah. you think is gonna be cool and what might be a little bit different. Stay true to yourself. Yeah. I think that's like the best thing to do, right? And hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't th- I think it always shows. Uh, and I mean I'm not LSS, I can't speak for them, but I think it always shows when when someone puts out content that they wouldn't want to watch themselves, you know, if mm. that makes sense. All right. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it's important. Like you, you got to like what you put out. Right. So, um, 100%. And I think it's a good takeaway, but, uh, this was a lot of fun, Alex. Thank you so much. Like, I really appreciate coming on. I know we've been trying to get you on for a bit here and uh, I really pu- appreciate it. Um, and especially giving, giving your time, especially given the time zone difference. Uh, so, yeah. Um, please plug anything you'd like to plug and, and shout out anything you'd like to shout out. And thank you. Yeah. Um, Hey man, I, it's, it's been great coming on here. I've, I've, I've wanted to for, for a little while. So I'm glad we got to find the time. Um, and yeah, in terms of, I, I don't really have anything to plug fabtcg.com, you know, that's the <laughs> website. <laughs> like, go, keep, keep up to date on, uh, the articles, uh, you know, there's, there's obviously the Twitter and Facebook and, and all that sort of stuff. My Twitter is LSS Alex. Um, I'm bad at Twitter. Like I just don't, I don't, I, I never had one before this. So I'm not super, uh, I don't post like, unless it's to do with flesh and blood generally, like something happening, like if there's a new reveal or some promo or events or, or whatever, like I'll go and I'll, I'll engage and, uh, when I can, but I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm pretty bad at like Chama was like, you're never on Twitter. So, you know? <laughs> uh, um, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get on there when I can. Um, and I post when I can. Um, but yeah, that's probably the best place awesome. to find me. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's, but that's pretty much it. Well, all that will be in the show notes for anybody that is interested. Um, you can all continue to find me on Twitter at FreshBudsPod. Uh, give the YouTube a like, comment, subscribe. Check out the Buds Discord. Check out the Patreon. That's all in the link tree below. And if you're listening on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever else you listen to it on, uh, if you could leave a review or rate it, you know, five stars or or however many stars you think I deserve, um, <laughs> you pop it on there. Uh, helps uh, get the podcast a little bit more uh, noticeable and visible, especially when new players come in. Uh, I know that when I first started playing, the first thing I did was Flesh and Blood podcast on Spotify. And, you know, it, the ones that get those ratings are the ones that pop up. So I would love to get new players in here. And, uh, Alex, I always like to end the show talking about food. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about something local to you that you uh, enjoy or something you've had on your travels that you uh, really um, loved. Um, okay, before I do this, make sure uh, if you haven't and if you are a new person, you should read... This man here's uh, articles that were on the fabtcg.com uh, uh, website. The Jumpstart articles, yeah. those were amazing as well. I, I really, I appreciate those. Oh, thank those you. Were, I appreciate those. Were that. cool. Um, yeah, really good for new players. And really like felt the like felt you like coming through the writing. Um, and yeah, talking about your your armor experiences and everything. Like 
I, yeah, that's the that's great content. So if you are a new player, you should go check that out. Check it out as well. <laughs> uh, for the food question, hmm, uh, something about food. Let's see. I had always heard of Chick Fil A and never tried Chick Fil A, and I tried it in Baltimore for the first time. And I've been sort of uh, fast food is like a weird thing because it's such a like when you're a kid and you're in New Zealand, you're, you're, all you hear about is like fast food and in, in, <laughs> in the states, and that's you know supposed to be like the best and everything. Like that. <laughs> um, and <laughs> and so, but I'd really I I never had any like amazing fast food. Uh, haven't been there, but I tried Chick Fil A, and that was pretty good. I have to admit, I was like very impressed with the chicken, um, <laughs> which is weird of all the things. Um, <laughs> but I didn't know. So I went to the, um, I went, I went there and the whole ordering process is all a little bit weird for, yeah. for me. Um, but I was like, I just want the burger. I don't want the chips or the drink or anything like that. I just want the burger. Um, and then the lady's like, sauce, like you want sauce? And I'm like, I don't need sauce. I'm not getting chips, but fries, you know, I'm not getting fries. <laughs> what do I, what do I need sauce for? Like assuming that the sauce would come on the burger, like that's <laughs> burgers work in New Zealand. So I was like, no, nah, no sauce. I don't, I don't need, what am I going to use that sauce for? Um, and then I get my burger and it's got no sauce on it. And I was like, Oh, this is what she meant by <laughs> sauce. She actually meant the sauce on the burger. Um, so that was a learning experience, uh, for food. Um, I don't know if it's like that at other, uh, fast food, places um no they typically yeah. come with something on on the burgers and, and the sandwiches <laughs> that's what i thought yeah. yeah yeah chick-fil-a you know they're doing their own thing but hey uh sounds good i'm really hungry for dinner right now just thinking about all that uh it looks <laughs> like um uh we ran out of time for charmer but hopefully we get to him next week uh but that's okay derek we 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 still love you uh everybody please have a good week